This is your Tuesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. What is going on here in Minnesota, you guys? What's gotten into these teams? Twins, of course, signed Carlos Correa a few days ago. That move should be official here on Wednesday. Megan Ryan, Twins beat writer for the Star Tribune, will join me here on the show in a little bit to talk about that move, to talk about just kind of the flurry of off-season moves the Twins have made so far. And speaking of flurry, Mark andre Flurry joining the Wild in a blockbuster trade on Monday as well, just before the deadline. Reigning Vesna Trophy winner, um, coming to the Wild, you know, Kapo and leaving the Wild now, uh, departing in a part of another trade made by Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin making four trades uh, before the deadline, but the biggest move coming for Mark andre Fleury, a conditional first-round pick, which the Wild will hope will convey as a first-rounder because that would mean they have gone deep in the postseason. We'll get to that a little bit more here in a minute as well. Got to talk a little bit about the Timberwolves game. They fell to Dallas 110-108. to Playoff intensity in that game. You know what? You're not going to win every game, so I get it. That's fine. But uh, that would have been a nice one to have. And the Vikings hosting Zadarius Smith, a former Packer, an edge rusher that would help them tremendously if they have the money, if they have the role for him. I think they definitely have the role. The money would be the question. So a lot of moves, a lot of wheeling and dealing going on in these parts lately, and it's a, it's a fun thing to talk about. So first, what did I miss? Well, I kind of teased it at the beginning, but we got to talk about the wild. No excuses now. That's the theme of uh, of part of this show anyway. No excuses for whatever happens now going forward. They've been given the ample roster. They've been given ample talent to make a run in the postseason. Again, that, that does not guarantee anything. You know, Being given an opportunity does not guarantee success, does not guarantee that it will happen, but in making acquisitions to shore up the fourth line, getting Tyson Jost, getting Nick Delorier, um, getting uh, getting this new defenseman that they got, Jacob Middleton, from uh, uh, in, in the trade for Capo Kakinen with San Jose. Um, you know that also can help them a little bit with some playoff grit. Um, but but Mark Andre Fleury, really the big story in all this, and you know. When the Wild had slumped over this previous month, basically from mid-February to mid-March, a big part of the story was the goaltending. Um, it, it was it wasn't just the goaltending, but that was a big piece of it. They just weren't stopping pucks. They'd given up. I think I, I counted it up. Uh, I think it was like fifty-five goals in thirteen games, something like that. So like four and a half goals per game, something something in that range. Just you know, numbers that you can't win with in this league, and you know. Part of it was Cam Talbot wasn't playing well. Part of it was, um, you know, they just, the defense was a little bit leaky. Kapil Kakinen, when he got in there, was not playing well. But it was, also it was on Cam Talbot. And then Talbot started to rally a little bit lately. And you wondered, okay, are they going to stick with kind of what they have, ride this out, hope that they can get through the last, you know, 20 or so games of the regular season with this goalie tandem with a lot of, you know, every other day playing and then get to the playoffs and probably ride Cam Talbot, or are they going to do something? And Bill Guerin, it was interesting. Bill Guerin, their GM, was asked last week um, whether they needed to add a goalie, and he said not necessarily. And that was kind of the first inkling 
that maybe something was up. And I, you know, three months ago, I thought they needed to. I thought they needed a goalie upgrade. I thought, I thought Talbot was fine. It just didn't feel like they had the the kind of goaltender that could make them go on a deep playoff run. I think Talbot was fine in last year's playoffs. He wasn't the reason they lost in seven games. They just kind of got worn down physically by Vegas in that series and Vegas had the home ice and they won game seven and that's just that's just the way it was that's just the way it went Vegas was probably the better team now fast forward a year the wild has the goalie that Vegas used to beat them in seven games last year Mark Andre Fleury and he was dealt in the offseason to Chicago now dealt to the wild on an expiring contract we'll see how much more he plays here beyond this season but for this year wild now have two veteran goalies one of them a surefire hall of famer someone who has won stanley cups who has won the vesna trophy who you know has this experience to go on a playoff run they added some muscle with delorier with middleton they added a little bit more skill with jost so where does that get them i don't know where it gets them ultimately what i know where it gets them right now is in a position where there are no excuses you've gotten you've gotten enough pieces you've gotten enough of a shakeup, and you've gotten kind of that signature move with Marc-Andre Fleury, that there should be no question about the confidence in your ability to go into the playoffs and win. And again, hockey's weird. When you have a sport where you don't score all that much, um, you can drop a 2-1 to game when the goalie stands on his head and suddenly you're behind in the series, your confidence sags, you start holding on to the stick too tight, and next thing you know, you're out of the playoffs. That has happened to the Wild before. But when you have the pieces you have now, there are no excuses going forward to to not to not feel like you have the ability to make a deep playoff run. They have that roster now. They have, they should have that confidence now. And when you have a goalie who's done it before, and you have another goalie in Cam Talbot who's playing pretty well right now, and certainly is not a bad plan B, and who by the way uh, pitched a shutout in uh, in Monday's game right after learning the Wild had made that trade for Mark Andre Fleury. Um, you're you're in a pretty good spot. So all of a sudden, everything the Wild's doing makes sense again. Another that's going to be another common theme on this show, and they have jolted themselves right back into this mix of a Stanley Cup playoff contender. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24/7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms, and join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Happy to be joined on Daily Delivery today by Megan Ryan, um, covers the Minnesota Twins for the Star Tribune, along with Phil Miller. Megan, I haven't had you on for a little while here because for a while there wasn't much baseball to talk. Um, That has changed in the last 10 days or so since the lockout ended and the Twins started trading for and signing Pretty much everybody in sight, uh, the latest being the move to go get Carlos Correa, one of the best shortstops in baseball. Um, what do you what do you make of all this? For, first off, just just how active they have been in this. Yeah, I mean, it was I think in some ways we expected them to be active. I mean, obviously going in to camp, which is shortened already three and a half weeks, I think, is what they'll have until opening day on April 6th. And so you could tell just looking at the roster, like it was not complete. So it would not have been good if they had not done any deals. So we were expecting them to make some moves and they did um, because they, you know, they didn't do a lot before the lockout. Um, so it was kind of going to be a, a crazy 
off season, quote unquote, whenever the lockout ended. Um, but what I don't think was expected was maybe the level of um, person, people that they pursued, um, namely in Korea, because he was like the top free agent out there. And I don't think, I mean, I really don't think the twins are really even into this discussion for him. People didn't think that they would go for him or would want to go for him or just maybe thought like, you know, he was way out of their league. Um, so it kind of wasn't in the picture until it happened uh, very suddenly overnight, basically. Um, so it has been a very interesting, a very interesting um, couple of weeks, but I think they're basically almost done. The last thing they probably need is they need to finish their starting rotation. So there are a couple of pitchers out there that they can, you know, try to get um, on the trade market. And I think that's kind of where it stands now as maybe the final piece to the puzzle this season. Yeah. But you, like you said, I think the, I like, I like the way you stated it, the, you know, the level of deals that they have made with, you know, all of the moves, uh, the trades of, of a couple weekends ago, including the, the big one with the Yankees where Josh Donaldson went out and that more or less facilitated being able to get Carlos Correa because that freed up quite a bit of money on, on that side. Um, now, we're kind of in an interesting spot where the Twins have not been able to publicly comment on this yet because the deal is not official, but you told me before we started recording that Carlos Correa was, in fact, in the clubhouse at spring training on Monday, and and his soon-to-be teammates have already talked about him. Yeah, um, it is. That is the kind of funny part. It's it seems like old news now because when did this happen? Like I believe Friday into Saturday morning, so it was like two a.m. Saturday probably um, was when this all this went down, um, and we still not have had like Derek Falvey that will be in Rocco Baldelli. Like none of the you know official people at the twins have, have alluded to the fact that this has happened. And that is because um, it is not technically official yet, which is not to say that it's like going to fall through at the last moment. Cause it's not. Um, but basically when a guy signs like this, you have to do a couple of things red tape wise. One of them is get your physical um, to make sure like you don't, you're not hiding some egregious injury that nobody knew about. Right. Um, and for some reason for, for Kraya, he wants to do it over two days. So like that is part of it. And then another part is ensuring this deal because it is like 105 million or something like that. It's, it's a lot of money. Um, and it takes a bit to get that all insured. And when this happened, obviously on a Friday night, Saturday morning, um, it was the weekend, right? So it, it's going to take a couple of days, which is all to say that on Wednesday is kind of the planned official like announcement. And they're going to do a press conference at the spring training facility here in Fort Myers. And it's going to be a grand day in twins history. But until then, um, the only people that have talked about it are the players, you know, because they're, they're not really on the official part of it. So they could say like, Oh yeah, I saw the news on Twitter and I was so shocked. And like, you know, so that's kind of the reaction we've been able to get. Um, but it is funny because he did arrive at camp. Um, actually, I believe he, he got here yesterday, which was Sunday. Um, but then today he was in the clubhouse, like making the rounds and kind of meeting people for the first time. And he even actually came up to some of the beat reporters and introduced himself, which I thought was very wild. <laughs> that, yeah. that we like raked on his level to meet. Um, but he seemed like a really nice guy. But it was funny because we couldn't like we're not officially like allowed to speak to him on like a on the record thing. So we were making a lot of jokes and like, you know, we would see like Derek Falvey talking to Carlos Cray in the, in the clubhouse. We'd be like, Hey, who's Derek talking to you? Do you see? It's like, it's like, it's just like speaking the air. It's like a ghost. You see, it's kind of like blurry. Like it's like blurred out. Like who is that? That's funny. Um, so we had a lot of fun with that <laughs> this morning, but he is around just not officially. 
what you know in in talking to players not just about this but everything else that has gone down already with all the trades um from like i alluded to a couple weekends ago what's the i guess what's the what's the mood what's the prevailing thought right now because i'm sure people sad to see some of their teammates go but also i would imagine somewhat invigorated by you know the the prospect of playing with with some of these new teammates who have pretty good track records yeah i mean i think it's been like very up and down, right? Like you started the spring and they hadn't really made any deals except for they signed, you know, Dylan Bundy as a starter before the lockout. And you were like, okay, well, that's not quite enough. So it was a little like dire. And then they made a couple of moves and they got Kiner Falefa, who is going to be their starting shortstop for like one day until they dealt him to the Yankees. Um, but that was kind of exciting because he is this, like, I mean, he's just kind of a younger player. He's up and coming. He's maybe not a huge name, but he's someone that, you know, I, had kind of been excited to watch. Um, and so you're like, okay, things are maybe shaping up. And then they got Sonny Gray, who's like, you know, maybe not like the, the sexiest name out there, but he's, he also has kind of got a proven track record of being able to be a good pitcher. So then it was kind of exciting. And then they made this deal with the Yankees, which was like a little bit of a head scratcher because you're like, they needed a shortstop. And then they just immediately traded him away. Yes. Um, but you knew that they, you know, had gotten all this money back, quote unquote, with Donaldson. So you were like, okay, like there's something going on here. And then of course they got like Sanchez because they had traded Mitch Carver away. So they needed another catcher and um, Ursula, who's going to be kind of a good like utility guy around the field. So you were kind of like, okay, that sort of makes sense. And then the Korea thing like really just came out of nowhere. Um, and that's kind of when it shot up to like the, oh, <laughs> oh, maybe the twins are really serious about this year. Because before it was kind of like, you know, maybe, who knows. Um, but when you go after the biggest free agent on the market and you get him, um, just what, even if it's just for a season, which is like very possible with the deal he signed, like that says something that like this, this is not a year that they're trying to take off. This is a year that they're actually trying to make something happen. Um, so I think since then it's been really exciting. And even just talking to the players, I think you can kind of tell like, they're kind of invigorated by it. And even, you know, they, they signed Joe Smith the other day as like a, a, an addition to their bullpen, a veteran guy. And he was even saying like, you know, it feels like this team is like wants to be winners and that's an exciting thing to like join in and be a part of. Um, so it really kind of shot them up into that stratosphere. And I think now it's just, you know, can they get another really big signing and that starting rotation? And that I think it's going to kind of put it over the top. Yeah, and that would, you know, if they were able to get one of the pitchers they've been targeting, you've seen them linked to a lot of stuff with Oakland. Don't know how that will progress, but you would imagine something has to happen here before the season with the inexperience they have there. But if they're able to do that, then you look at their lineup all of a sudden and you look at, you know, the way they shake out defensively with, you know, Correa at short when he's healthy is fantastic. Same story with Byron Buxton, the first two players chosen in that draft um, so many years ago. And then, you know, I think uh, you get some pretty good defensive reputations around the field and the lineup, you know, you can imagine a lineup that looks pretty good too. So you're right. It does, it does reframe things in a certain way where you're like, okay, you know, with six teams in each league making the playoffs, maybe the twins are one of the six best teams or could be one of the six best teams by the, by the end of the year, which I didn't think 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I definitely think that's true too. And it seems like there's, there's that kind of that excitement around the team. And I think even just having that little bump, um, you know, in the, in the preseason is good um, because 
maybe if you're thinking about last year and you're thinking about the lockout and how everything's just kind of been plodding along or whatever for how, how long, like this is kind of a shot of energy that this team maybe needed um, to kind of start off a little bit better, especially than they did last year. And they didn't, uh, the, the early spring games weren't, uh, weren't great. They weren't scoring many runs, but True. it was not, it was largely, you know, not their, not their a lineup out there. What, what are they, you know, as you've watched them, what anybody stand out as early, you know, camp surprises or, you know, as camp progresses, what do you think needs to happen as they kind of find their footing on the field? Yeah. You know, it's, this is such a weird spring. Um, and that's kind of just what everyone's been saying so far. And even though I think they're, they're playing their fourth spring game, I'm pretty sure at the moment right now, as we speak. And, um, you know, you, you try to like draw conclusions, but you're seeing some of the, the guys that are going to be on the major league roster for like two innings max, you know? Right. So it's like, you don't get a great feel. Um, like yesterday they had like Tyler Rogers and Tyler Duffy out there pitching for the first time in the spring and they pitched an inning, you know? And so they went one, two, three, like got out all their batters right away, but so looks good, but you know, it's just like, you don't have a huge pool. And that's kind of what we're hearing from Rocco and others too, is like, it, it feels like at this point, things should be like so much more solidified um, because it feels like the season is starting so soon. And it is. Um, but the reality is, is that a lot of these guys are, are still in that early spring training feeling and they're still kind of getting their legs back underneath them. Um, you know, it, I think another interesting thing too, is with, with the off season happening, like concurrently with spring training, a lot of these free agent guys that are out there, um, you know, that haven't signed or maybe have just signed and are just getting into camp now, like that's valuable time that they're losing. And like, yes, they're really good players. So like maybe they don't need a full spring or that full week or whatever it's going to be that they missed. Um, But it is baseball is a game where you really do have to kind of like get in and get with your team and re you know, brush off those skills that you don't use when you're not playing games regularly. And so it will be very interesting this season, I think, across baseball, just to look at some of those free agent signings or some of those guys that, you know, it took them a while to get into camp for whatever reason and see, like, you know, are, are they having issues early in the year? Are they kind of struggling to catch up? Like, I think that's going to be something interesting. It's sort of similar to like when the pandemic happened and you know, the pitchers went from pitching 60 games in a season to trying to do 162. And you saw like, you know, even with the, with the field players too, you saw the injuries that kind of cropped up and stuff across baseball. So it will be interesting as kind of like a grand picture thing, but it's, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, they really haven't had a quote unquote normal spring since 2019. Right. I mean, cause there was the, you know, both of the last two springs were impacted in, in varying degrees by the pandemic last year, certainly less so than the one before, but not entirely normal as you're getting tested every day and going through protocols. Then obviously this year with the spring delayed, I mean, yeah, it's, they've been, they've been put through a little bit of a little bit of a ringer here. And I'm, I'm wondering, you're right. Who, who's going to be ready right away and who's going to need a little bit more time to, to kind of catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's even like Sonny Gray has kind of mentioned that us a couple of times is, um, you know, he hadn't, he hasn't, he was the the player rep for Cincinnati. So he was like in Florida doing all the negotiations and whatnot. And then of course he got traded. And so then that kind of took some time to figure out, like, I'm not going to Arizona, I'm going to Florida and all of that. Um, and he like hadn't thrown a bullpen yet. So his first bullpen was like two days ago here. Um, I think he threw one again today. Um, so, you know, he was kind of saying, I'm not sure if I'm going to be up to seven innings by April 6th. Like, it might only be two or three. 
and that's just going to be what it's going to be uh, if that's the case. Last couple things for you, Megan Ryan, enjoying this conversation. Um, you know, there's been a perception around the twins for a very long time. And I think a decent amount of it is earned that they just don't spend a lot of money. Like they're, they're a mid-market team and they've, you know, kind of worked the edges. A lot of the free agents they've brought in have not been these big splashy names. They've been more, you know, draft and develop, try to make shrewd trades. Does the, is this a, even if it does end up just being a one year deal for Correa at like $35 million, does this do enough to, you know, maybe even in tandem with the Donaldson um, signing of a couple of years ago, is that, is that perception, do you think, change a little bit with, with this signing or is it just, uh, is there more, do, do we need to see more evidence of it that it's a, a, an ongoing thing before we say, yeah, the twins are spending money now. They're going to, they're, they're a changed organization. Um, I, yes and no. I don't think that this is, you know, something that people are like, wow, they're like the Yankees and the Dodgers and they're just throwing money at the best players. Like, I don't think that's the case. Um, they've still got a couple of other big signings to go to, to get to that level. But what I do think it proves is that it's not a team that's going to be pinching pennies all the way. They're a team that has a certain budget that they like to stay around or that they can spend and they're going to maximize it, but they're going to do it in a way that's not like we're going to get every single best player out there. We're going to get, you know, solid people that we've developed and we're going to get like one, like one guy that, you know, can add to this thing that we don't have in our system. And so like that's Donaldson, that's Correa, whatever. And then the lucky thing is they, they bred Byron Buxton. So like he would have been that, but luckily he's a homegrown guy. So I think that's really what it proves is that like, you know, they're, they'll make the purchase when it counts. I, I put it akin to this. Um, and like my shopping habits, I do not like (laughs) shop at like Gucci and Dior and Prada every day because I simply can't afford it. Um, but I will get like once every year, a really nice pair of shoes. That is like something that I will not buy all the time, but it's a special treat. And that's kind of how I put the twins. They're not rich enough to be shopping at the uh, designer stores every day, but they can get one nice pair of shoes a year. Um, Car- Carlos Correa is twins. your fancy shoes. I like it. I like the analogy. It, work- <laughs> it, do- it works for me because I kind of spend the same way. You know, you can't spend big all the time, but when you see your moment, you got to go for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, well, good stuff, Megan. Last thought for you. What's the best thing you've done in Florida outside of covering this uh, wonderful baseball team? Oh, man. I mean, this is actually my first spring training. Yeah. I never got down there last year um, when I got the job. So it's been it's been interesting. I have not done a lot of fun stuff uh, because the really the, the schedule is the same. It's like you get up every morning at 7 a.m. Clubhouse opens at 830. You do that. You write your story, you go watch some practice or the game or whatever. Maybe you talk to a few more people, you write your stuff. Maybe you're out of there. It depends on the day, but like five o'clock or so you go get dinner. And then I have worked out at the hotel gym every day and then I go to sleep and then I start all over again. So really it's like very boring. Um, <laughs> it's like, so it's like not, a, it, not very exciting. It's just like a new um, routine you make up once you get there, I guess. So it is. And like, I will say like adding the whole working out every day was like, that was like a healthy choice by me. Like I, maybe I would have more time to like go to the beach if I didn't do that. But I just kind of figured if they're in spring training, perhaps I should be as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you find, um, a fun thing or two to do down there, but it sounds like your routine is pretty good. Enjoy your first spring training. It is an eventful one so far. I don't imagine they'll 
I don't imagine all of them will be like this, but kind of fun to have news to break and stuff to talk about, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. That makes it interesting, especially when it happens at 2 a.m. when you're sleeping. I know. So. I, think I, I think I jinxed. I think I jinxed Phil because I had him on like 10 days ago after the after the trades. And I said, I hope that the next big thing doesn't happen at 10 p.m. I hope it happens more like, you know, 2 p.m. And I guess maybe the signals got crossed and they heard 2 a.m. because that's what happened. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Megan. Good stuff. We'll catch up with you soon. Okay. Thanks, Rand. Good stuff from Megan Ryan. As always, good to catch up with her down in Florida. And you know what? It was maybe, it was probably just early last week that we were talking about the twins' moves and kind of scratching our heads and saying, what what are they up to? You know, when they when they did the the deal uh, for Kaina Falefa uh, with the with the Texas and then all, and then right away traded him to the Yankees and you know they cleared some cap or cleared some cap there's no cap in baseball otherwise the, <laughs> the negotiations might have gone a lot faster this offseason um uh, they cleared some salary with Josh Donaldson and you're like well but what are they up to what are they doing I mean they, they got Sonny Gray they've got a little bit of pitching uh, but suddenly they don't have a shortstop you don't know who's going to play exactly where and then they go and sign Carlos Correa, and everything feels like it makes a lot more sense. The The lineup makes more sense. You can see the pieces in place for the defense, for sure, with you know gold-glove caliber play at shortstop. Certainly gold-glove caliber play with Byron Buxton in center field. Um, Max Kepler in right field. You know The makings of a pretty good defense, the makings of a pretty good lineup, and then you say, okay, if they really are serious about acquiring one more pitcher, which I think they better be because I don't think they can go into the, the season with the rotation they have, if they are serious about all those things, then all of a sudden this makes a lot more sense. So long story short, don't judge a roster before the offseason is over because you might end up looking a little bit silly if and when everything falls into place. And that is a transition to the Vikings. I've been scratching my head wondering what they're up to as well. Basically, they're kind of in run-it-back mode, it feels like, you know, signing Kirk Cousins to an extension, keeping Daniil Hunter, redoing the deals for Harrison Smith and Adam Thielen, you know, keeping a lot of these 30-something veterans on the team you know holdovers from teams that haven't really been successful the last two years I mean the last two years they've missed the playoffs they went seven and nine and then eight and nine and again you know pandemic being what it was those years were not necessarily normal maybe they they deserve a chance to run this back so to speak a little bit with new fresh eyes in place with Kevin O'Connell as the head coach and his staff coming in with Quasi Adolfo Mensa adding the supplementary pieces around them but you looked at it and said what are they doing it doesn't make sense to me and I still think running it back to a certain degree is a mistake but if they are going to do that they still need to add pieces around them and that brings me to Zadarius Smith making a free agent visit here they're putting on the full court press so to speak um, they tweeted the Vikings tweeted out that the that the visit had begun Adam Thielen tweeted about it as well to try to lure Zadarius Smith to come here, of course, very successful with the Packers in 2019 and 2020. Injured most of last year with a back problem, and that scares you if you're too, if you're going to sign him as an edge rusher and you've got him and Daniil Hunter both coming off major injuries, um, you know, in the last year. In Hunter's case, the last two years, how much can you count on one or both of those guys? But if they were able to bring him in, that would solve a lot of the pass rush problem. Would 
allow them to address some other things perhaps in the draft, in other moves in free agency, um, you know, to, to work around the edges. So bigger picture, bigger picture thing here with the Vikings is don't judge this offseason until it is done, I guess. And I'll try to remember that as well. Let's finish with the cooler. Timberwolves lose to Dallas 110 to 108. Good game. You know, first of two with Dallas here in the coming days. They've got some tough games coming up. Phoenix in that mix as well. Portland won with Denver, who they had pulled even with um, in the uh, for the number six spot before losing to Dallas. So, you know, these games are these games are just magnified now. There's no shame in losing to a good team like Dallas. It was a close game. You're going to lose some of those games, but you know, I think they're learning at this point now what this environment feels like. Starting to feel a little bit like the the home stretch of that 2017-2018 season, where every game mattered, where they were trying to squeeze their way into the playoffs and then ultimately did with that big win over Denver in the final game of the regular season. That's what this feels like right now. And that's great for them to go through. Um, but just going through it, um, while valuable, um, you need to have some results mixed in with it as well. So we will be watching to see how that you know plays out as this season goes along. Can they can they close this season out on a high note? Can they can they take some momentum into the postseason and can they get that number six seed that would keep them from having to play in the play in round? I feel better about their play in round chances maybe than I did before they you know had this second half where they looked like a real you know like a real legitimate playoff team. But still, if you can avoid that, that would be a big deal. So. How will they look as these games get even tighter? How will their composure look is something I will be watching down the stretch. That will do it for me today. Should have a lot more wild talk on Wednesday's show. Expecting to have Sarah McClellan, beat writer for the Star Tribune, on to talk about all of these moves in greater detail and get her perspective on those things as well. Thank you so much for joining Daily Delivered today. I am Michael Rand. We will see you again on Wednesday.